We are giving out superpowers on today's show. What if you had the ability to influence people's behavior when you're sitting across the table from them from all financial transactions? That's what we're sharing on today's show. How to win friends and influence your wallet. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. So, Bo, if you're a student of personal finance, if you go out there and load yourself up with books Mm -hmm. and all kind of other things, watch the daily um, news cycle of the financial media, everybody talks about all the basics, right? I, I think everybody's got the basics covered. You know, it's, it's, you can find channels like CNBC and Fox Business that will talk to you about the financial markets, what's going on out there with your investments. It's not hard to go find a book that helps you on building financial independence for retirement. And everybody knows you got to have wills and do the estate planning. But what I think we do different here at the Money Guy Show is we're not only trying to nurture you, we give you all that data so that you can make great decisions for your estate plan, your retirement plan, your investments. But I'm also, with every show, I'm hoping that we're pushing that bar a little bit higher on what your money mindset is. And if you want to know the truth, today's show is going to be one of those that goes a little beyond typical investing and retirement and estate planning and and what I call the the financial planning pyramid basics of your personal finance. We're actually trying to help you understand some skill sets, some superpowers, as I said during the intro, that really will help you kind of put yourself above and beyond where your peers are. So from like a financial planning and uh, finance perspective, would you say that that we're going to help you go beyond... Common sense. We're going to give you the it factor because that's the thing. And and, and thank you. That's right. This is the Money Guy Show. Go check us out, moneyguy.com. We are here to restore order to your personal finances and go beyond common sense. I don't use those as much as I should. No, they're really good. That's all from the beginning back in 2006. And um, you can write the show. If you want to, you can write me directly. That's brian at moneyguy.com or my co-host, Mr. Bo Hanson, bo at moneyguy.com, as well as go to aboundwealth.com. That's the actual financial planning arm of our um, wealth management business. Uh, we have a contact us as well as on the Money Guy site. We have a contact us and you can reach out to us and, and connect. I'm so happy to report, you know, we have clients in the majority of the country now. That's right. And that's a big portion of that is because of you guys from the podcast. You guys are loyal. You're also active and we appreciate it because this is a grassroots enterprise. Um, no corporate sponsorship, no TV or, um, you know, magazine or newspaper or publication that's out there back there in the in the background pushing this we are all powered by the power of you so thank you thank you thank you for that so let's talk about how to win friends and influence your wallet and, and i always like to give a little um you know behind the scenes where does this stuff come from and one of the things that's happened is in the last few weeks we've had some things come up where i've had to either Review an email for or, or a letter that a person was writing because they were they felt wronged, or I even had to personally. I've had two situations. I had a rental, beach rental for next year, 
because we had just got back from the beach, you know, two or three weeks ago. Right. Trying to book a beach house. And I felt wronged by the, the management company. They wouldn't give me the deal that they were giving some of my friends because I wasn't an existing customer. So I, I'll tell you the steps I did to try to correct that. And then I've also, I've got a, a service provider that um, we, we, as we moved here to downtown Franklin, you know, we changed who our phone provider sure. was. And, and that's been a, a bigger ordeal. And I've had to really take some good notes and had to really use this superpower a lot to make sure that we were not wronged financially. And it's working out swimmingly well. So I felt like, you know what? We know these skill sets. And Bo, I, I'm so happy because I've known you for many years now. I love it when I hear you, uh, you know, using these oh, and, yeah. and applying these skill sets. And they really are a superpower. Uh, and you can feel liberated if you apply some of these things that you know you're, you, you really are one of the nicest guys in the world doing it, but you can also be colorful and effective as you're implementing. So that's our goal today is kind of jump into this thing and help you kind of build these skills as well. So the first thing, and here's the two things we're going to be working on. Complaints. Unfortunately, every one of us is going to have somebody probably do a wrong to us financially at some point. And you need to know the basics of how to file a good complaint, whether it's verbal, whether it's email, whether it's a phone call. I mean, we're going to help you understand that there are differences when you're trying to figure out um, the, the proper way to file a complaint. The other part that we're going to help you with is, what about your service providers that are taking advantage of you? Meaning that um, you start seeing price creep. You know, you have all these things that are going on, like your utilities, your insurance providers, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you, if you're not paying attention three years in the future, you're like, why do I hear them advertising on the radio or I get flyers in the mail that are at this price, but I know they're not treating me that way. I'm right, their yeah. existing customer. They should love me. We're going to help you build the superpower that allows you not to be taken advantage of by your ungrateful service providers. So with that, let's first kind of jump right into the complaints. And I think what's interesting about this, Brian, is we're going to kind of share the perspective of how do you complain well? I think you can take some of the stuff that we're going to share and some of the things we're, we're going to mention. This is also true if you're in a situation where someone is complaining to you. Maybe you work for a business, you're in the service industry, and someone has a complaint or they have something they need to speak with you about. These same tools work and these same thoughts work no matter which side you're on. If you're the instigator or... Is instigate a word? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe the instigate. Uh, either way, uh, these are going to be useful. No, I think that's exactly right. As long as you have this skill set, it's no different than the the skill set of negotiations or other things. You can flip it on whichever side of the table you're sitting in the transaction. And, and the first thing I want to do is because so many things with finance, we talk about it all the time. Is you have to be a contrarian. Mm -hmm. You know, it's um, you know, we look up to Warren Buffett on his investment philosophies and other things, and we always talk about his prowess to essentially be running into a burning building instead of running out of it. When right. he sees opportunity out of the worst and darkest moments, there's also the same mindset can be applied to filing a proper complaint. Because here's the thing. When we are wronged, you're emotional. The human side of you wants to blow a gasket. Sure. You want to get so mad, you are so mad, that you're like, how in the world have they wronged me I need justice, and I need it yesterday. So typically that turns you into the Incredible Hulk. You're freaking out because all those gamma, the gamma radiations flowing through the bloodstream, and you are just about to lose it. And I got to tell you guys, that's actually not what you need to do. You're not going to persuade people 
by losing your mind. Um, I, you know, one of the things I put in the notes is that you've got to be the friendliest complainer in the world. And you're hearing that, and you're like, wait a minute, these, what, what does this that doesn't mean? match. What does that mean? I mean, I am ticked, and you're telling me I'm going to be the friendliest complainer? We, we all know that's not going to be a... Hold your horses, because here's the thing, guys. We're going to show you how you can still be the friendliest complainer, but you can be very colorful. I mean, you can be downright mean and nasty, but guess what? The person on the other line, they're not going to care because you're going to align them. Let me share some of these skill sets. Um, and, and I put some notes in here because I was, as I was writing this down, I was like, so how do we make the point of being a contrarian and, and to, to attract people by being not nice and kind versus attacking and hitting them? And, right. and Bo, you, you had kind of corrected me. You said you attract more flies with honey than vinegar. Yep, that's right. Because my note was a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yep. I, I like it when I put these little things in there because it also allows me to pick on you. Do you know where that came from? I'm, I thought it was Mary Poppins. Yeah, oh, yeah look at you. But I do a rendition of the song real you quick. Know, okay, fair okay, fair enough. Spoonful no, okay, sugar. no, that's good. That's good. No, it's, it's so true though. <laughs> Generally speaking, when you want to get your way or when you want to convince somebody that you're right and either they're wrong or maybe not that they're wrong but they should be on your side, it's always so much easier to do that if you do it from a pleasant nice, happy perspective. Now, a lot of folks, and Brian, I know that we both have family members that we kind of talk about this, they do exactly what you said. They do the exact opposite. They think that by yelling and complaining and getting aggressive and mean, they're going to be able to will the other person into coming onto their side. We think it's much easier if you come at it from how can we come up with a solution together and how can we do this in a very amicable, happy, pleasant way. And think about this from, I know, a parenting thing. Um, I used to always feel bad for my father. Is because I, I would do something bad as a child, or my brother would, and my mom would say, "Wait until your dad gets home," and then he would ha- come into the situation knowing absolutely nothing about what happened throughout the day. My mom is losing it and wants to just totally just be done with me and my brother. Right. And my poor dad comes in the situation and knows absolutely nothing yet. He's supposed to be the enforcer that right. fixes it. There's some similarities to that to typically the 1-800 representative that you're calling or the person you're writing an email to. It's probably not the person that actually has wronged you. It is typically that it is their job to try to find resolution, even though they know absolutely nothing about the situation. So that's why we say the fact that you need to be the nicest complainer because the person that's helping you to find a resolution and a solution from the situation probably is coming this thing dead cold. So their level of emotion is nowhere near where you are. So that's the first. Here's the first tip, because we're going to give you these tips and tricks on how to be successful and build this superpower, is take a deep breath because level heads are going to prevail in the heated moment. If you cannot control yourself, if you are just that hot that even when you tell your spouse or your friends about the situation that you find yourself just bubbling over with anger, you probably need to hit the pause button because not going to be beneficial through the situation. And Brian, I want to give you a compliment here because we've been in a few uh, travel scenarios where we've run into issues, whether it be with an airline or, or, or with a hospitality company, where there's been some issues that have just gone wrong. By no fault of ours, they've gone really wrong. Uh, and rather than you losing your mind, one of the things that I've seen you do that I think is, is incredibly productive is you'll actually start writing down what yeah. you're frustrated about, what you're upset about. Well, I think that allows you to better 
uh, put your thoughts together, better come up with what your true perspective is. I think that's a great first step whenever you kind of run into one of these situations. So, so take a deep breath. Now, here's the big one. And this one I got so excited about, I went and pulled a definition for you. Is that I, here's the really the crux of the superpower when you're dealing with phone calls, when you're dealing with in-persons. And this is the one that, Bo, you have taken my thoughts and you've actually done even better because you, you, you just, you're a little more persuasive than I think I am <laughs> with things. And I call this the us versus them Jedi mind trick. That's right. So let me first, because you hear that and you're like, Jedi mind trick? What the heck is he talking about? And I think about the scene where you got Obi-Wan and, and Luke going into the cantina and, you know, they wave the hand and he, he changes, you know, the, the guard's decision on, you know, letting them through the checkpoint. This really is a skill set, so much so that I looked up the definition of mind trick on Wikipedia. Did you know something like that existed? Oh, did, but did, did you did you mispronounce that, or is it actually no, Wikipedia? Wikipedia is the Star Wars wiki. I mean, you man, what? you can find anything, but there's a definition: mind trick, mind tricks, or mind control. Refer to a spectrum of force powers which influence the thoughts of sentient, sentient creatures most commonly used to coerce into agreement by suggestion through voice manipulation or to cause one to reveal information. This allowed its practitioners to resolve matters in a non-violent way. Look at that. We're practicing the force Every time we use this skill set that I'm about to share of the us versus them Jedi mind trick. So here's, here's what you do, guys. This is what I mean about you can be so colorful and the guy on the other line or the girl on the other end is not going to care. And when I get on the call, the first thing I say to a customer service representative when I get them on the phone is I say, Hi, my name's Brian Preston. I got to tell you, first, I want to apologize because I am so angry. I am so frustrated with your company or company XYZ, but I recognize it's not your fault. You have, you're just the, unfortunately, the person that has to answer this call and try to find a solution. So I want to go and apologize if I get just heated, if I get angry, if I use colorful words. It's not me being mad at you. It's me just being so frustrated and so upset about this situation. Do y'all see what that situation, when you do that, what that does to the person on the other end? The first thing is they're like, Oh, good. This guy's not mad at me. Yeah, they're not going to attack. He's me. mad at the situation. So the the human nature thing from that person on the other line is like, well, by God, if they're not mad at me and they're they're so upset, but they're at least nice enough that they're not going to chew on me. Let's figure out if we can get this thing fixed for them. I love the us and you know, us and them versus this situation. It really does turn the thing on its ear because the other thing is is you can get really ugly about how bad you've been treated and everything else, if you keep, essentially do the tag-along procedure of making that customer service representative feel like, hey, they're part of your team. They're part of this franchise that's trying to find the solution. So that is the biggest tip that I can give you on if you're doing a verbal complaint. And I think one thing that you mentioned, Brian, that I think is really important if you're going to do this is you have to kind of lead with that. You, you You can't start really upset, ticked off, realize you're getting nowhere, and then try to get them on your team. It's a lot harder battle to fight than if you can start and set the table that way, you're setting yourself up for success. It inoculates you. So do it on the front end, kill them with kindness. And that's what I mean to be the, if you're really trying to be the friendliest complainer in the world is you are putting them on notice on the front end. Hey, 
It's us versus them. Can you help me through this situation? Now let's go figure out how we can get them. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, you'll be in a much, much better place. So here's the next thing. Know what you want. I mean, it's amazing when you get a great customer service representative and they're willing to deal with you and they say, okay, well, what can we do to fix the situation? That is going to be a question they ask you. If you're like, um, um, I, I, I don't know. I haven't given any thought. What have you done? I I recognize, look, and Bo, you pick on, you you actually gave me a compliment. It wasn't a pick on. Is that I do. When I get upset, I I can remember sitting in some airports and some other things where we've had some situations coming back from a conference or whatever. And I've been so upset that I've been, that I start writing. And part of that is not only to document what's going on, but it is cathartic to get this emotion out of by documenting and getting it all recorded. But here's the thing. There is no value to just that cathartic part, economic value, I should say. There might be emotional value to getting it out, but there's no economic value unless you actually know what your ask is yep. on what resolution should be. Because So I would say before you even get on the phone with whoever you're talking to or before you write the email or before you go drive the car over to complain to somebody in person, you better know what you want because you're not adding economic value to the complaint unless you actually have figured that part out first. That's right. Um, and then here's another one. Be concise with your written complaints. Guys, I had a friend, um, this is probably two or three years ago at this point. They, they were upset with this vacuum cleaner company. I couldn't make this up. Is that they were, you know, it was one of those deals where you're supposed to go show a vacuum cleaner so many times and you get a free vacuum cleaner or, or something like that. It's one of those things I don't like to be yeah, a part of those things, the multi level like marketing. And and, but, um, anyway, th- this person had done what they thought should have been enough to get their free vacuum cleaner, but there was some some exclusions or something they didn't understand. So they asked me if I could help them out with the situation. So I said, sure, send me over the email that you that you've already typed up or the letter, and, I, and I'll give it. And when you get this, and this is not uncommon, I see this all the time. Um, you know, when you're emotional, and then you start writing a complaint, it looks like you basically threw up all over the page <laughs> with words because people are so frustrated that their emotion just spills out on the either the email or the or the paper that they're typing up and it's just it's not effective because the actual ask gets buried somewhere so deep and there's so much minutia that they're probably if you're writing a 3 to 4 page single spaced complaint email it's not getting read. I just, I just don't think it's effective. So I always tell people, write what you want. First, summarize within a sentence or two what happened. If you can't get it down to a sentence or two, we got issues because you can give the detail later, but in that first two or three sentences, you better get into what the problem is. And then write also in that first paragraph that you are letting them know, putting them on notice that you're looking for a solution. And you can put that in pretty quickly. So be concise. With your written complaints. And there, if, you, if you've written a complaint and you're wondering if you do this, there's some really easy trigger words to look for. When you're reading th- through uh, what you've put together, if you have words like, oh, by the way, or I didn't even mention, or and you should know, those are really common words that are letting you know you're kind of getting out on a tangent. You're kind of going out into left field. You might need to recenter on what you're ultimately trying to do. And keep the emotions down as much as possible because here's the superpower trick of this one on being concise is when you are writing a persuasive email, remember, we are all, it's just a human nature thing. Unfortunately, there is some selfishness built into everybody just from the way we were designed. Um, so if you think about that, when you write your letter, try to figure out 
how the corrective action can somehow actually benefit the individual or the company. That is a superpower. If you can, and that's part of being a persuasive negotiator on things is that you try to know where your stance is and what you want, but you're letting them know, Hey, if you'll just go with me on this, I, it will actually ultimately help your company out. And let me give you an example. I mentioned that I had a rental property issue. We went down to the beach with some friends. They bragged about their management company, how great it was, how the quality of the houses were clean, maintenance and everything was not an issue. They needed more towels because it was this community that you can rent beach houses or whatever. So I said, you know what? I kind of, I went and did some research and I found out, I'd like to work with this company based upon their referral and their recommendation. So I knew that there was a big discount that they give for repeat bookers. Right. So, cause my, my friends were bragging about their big discount. So I reached out and I said, look, here's the, the confirmation number of my friend. Can you give me the same deal? Nope. nope sir, we only give that to a returning customer. I said, even though I'm a, a referral from those customers, I'm not like a cold. I'm not off the street. I'm actually, one of your customers was so excited that they referred me to. No, let me talk to my supervisor. Sat on hold for a few minutes. They came back. And nope, we only give that to brand, you know, to, to existing customers. So truthfully, that's kind of commendable. In some aspects, that is commendable that a company wants to reward an existing customer. I'm going to talk in a minute about ungrateful service providers that sure. sometimes there's businesses, a lot of businesses that reward only new customers. However, I think that, and this is the solution, and this is the point of my superpower, is that I said, okay, I just want to let you guys know, I think you're making a mistake, but I respect, I really, really appreciate you going and talking to your supervisor. Thank you so much. I kept it very polite so that that service rep would, ne- you know, when she recalled this conversation in the future, she wouldn't be like, that guy was a jerk. Cause I need to, you gotta remember, nobody wants to help a jerk. So I then wrote an email, a very persuasive email that let them know, Hey, I'm a service provider too. And I want you to know you did a great job. You have customers that are referring business to your company. However, there was a failure in your referral program and that you're not giving extending courtesies to referral, you know, recipient. If you're getting a referral, try to give the same discounts to those favored customers because it is so powerful when you have people referring business. You guys, and just a little sidebar, you refer business to our financial planning arm. We're going to try to treat treat them like royalty because we know how just scary it is to make a referral. I mean, that is a scary endeavor. And I let this company know, look, you want to repeat the cycle. You're hoping that you bring in a circle, another circle of influence by bringing me in as a client. I'm so happy, just like the other two clients are, that I go and tell my friends and family, when you create a negative experience by telling me no, you've broken the chain. And that's a negative, negative thing. So I got a call within two hours of writing this email saying, just want to thank you for sharing your insight. That was, we, we talked about that in management and that was very helpful. Do you realize what I did, guys? That's the superpower. I convinced them, got my full discount, and then also got them to help me go ahead and book at an additional discount the beach chairs for next year too. So we'd be front in line and have the best location on the beach. All this happened because I took a negative situation. And the superpower was I tried to show them my point of view actually benefited them more and they should implement. That is the art of persuasion. And that's the thing is that if you can be concise, but also go a little deeper and understand that you need to persuade people to see the benefit of coming to your side, you will reach success. Last thing on complaints. Document everything. 
And this is one, look, I know it's easy sometimes. Get on the phone with somebody, and here's my biggest, hardest part. Half the time, these guys give you their name so quick. You're like, what did they say their name was? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, the tendency is just, well, let me get through this call. Because you're already annoyed you're on this customer service call. No. Double back and say, hey, I'm so sorry. Um, can you, do you mind giving me your name again? Um, so make sure you record with whom you're talking to and then also the date and the time and which department they're in. If you can record those things, this will help you out tremendously that you're documenting because unfortunately, sometimes with customer service complaints, they're multi-step processes. Right. It might not just be one phone call. You might actually have to make three, four, um, as I am dealing with this phone company, five phone calls, but I'm documenting every one of them. And I do this little tidbit too. When I call on those follow-up calls, I say, hey, let me just give you a heads up. I called on this date and I spoke to this person, I spoke to this person, I spoke to this person, and we ended up the conversation at this point. So I'm calling to follow up to see if we're now at this point. And I'm already trying to set the table of persuasion to let them know where I want them to be. And then I'll also go ahead and do that second, that first superpower I shared. And I say, and I want to let you know, I'm not upset with you, but man, this is getting ridiculous. I'm on my fourth phone call. We have to figure out how we can fix this. So please help me be the solution provider. And if you'll do that, it, it appeals to their human nature to want to get you a solution. Bo, I felt like I just got on my soapbox and kind of just went to town. Any input? Because, you, you, I mean, you've been doing this for a while now, too. I hear you on the phone dealing with not only customers, but also and clients, but I hear you with service providers. Anything you would add? Yeah, the big, the big summaries, and I'll, I'll go back through the little five points we just shared, but the big summaries are if you're kind and you want to win friends, and if you, if you, we'll talk about it in a second, but if you've never won how to win friends and influence people. How to read. Yeah. If you have not read it, if you have not read how to uh, how to win friends and influence people, you absolutely need need to go do that. Uh, So if you can create raving fans of yourself and you can get people on your team, it just makes everything so much easier. And then know what you're asking for. If you ordered some big doodad and you had to take time off of work to be at the house so they could deliver the doodad and da 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 da, and there's something wrong with it, but it's not something so wrong that you can still use it and you don't want to have to go through the process again, maybe your ask is for a gift card or a discount or something. It's not to have a new doodad sent out. So just kind of know what you're looking for. So the five things that you went through, Brian, uh, were first take a deep breath because level heads prevail in heated moments. You want to try to make sure you put you and the representative on the same side of the table. You do the us versus them mind trick. You have to know what your ask is. You really need to be concise with your written complaint so it very seamlessly gets your thoughts and your point across. And then you want to make sure you document everything so you have something you can refer back to if the process drags on. See, that's your superpower. I just went on that rambling thing. Man, this show would be a lot shorter if we just let you do that. Because that really was the skill set you need to be in a very effective influencer and a persuasive personality when you're following a complaint. And you did it so much quicker than I did. <laughs> now, you didn't hear, get to hear about vacuum cleaners or beach houses. So uh, I think you get the best of both worlds <laughs> with us. That's why we're good, the killer bees. So ungrateful service providers. So let's, let's talk about this because I just gave you an example where you actually had somebody who was rewarding existing customers more right. than new customers. And that's somewhat noble because that, that, uh, that appeals to my common sense because you think about it, a, a, an existing customer, they're already contributing to revenue. They're contributing, hopefully, to profit if you've got a good company. And then, as I've already talked about, too, and if you're doing a great job as a service company, 
you're hopefully creating an army of referral sources. You're hoping that these customers are so happy with what you're providing them that they're going and telling their friends and family. So there's a lot of value to existing customers. So why in the world would I create a subsection in this topic about ungrateful service providers? The reason is, is there's a completely entire industries that really don't value their existing customers. They would rather go pick up new clients than they would to keep their current customers happy because they recognize there's a reason. It's behavioral. They recognize all these companies have a requirement that periodically you have to essentially renew their services. And because there's a periodic renew, there's potential for what's called price creep. Yep. So if you're not paying attention because they know most people, and you guys know this, this is the dirty secret. This is why we all feel like we're in on some gag that nobody else has told everybody else about. You're listening to the Money Guy podcast. And we know that unfortunately, not a scientific number, but probably pretty accurate, 85 to 90% of your public out there, your peers, they're not keeping up with their finances good at all. They don't really know what's going on with their back pocket. So they're not in on the joke like we are. We know, hey, look, this is a kind of a scheme of price creep that's going on where, yeah, I've got to renew my stuff, but I don't want to get ripped off like all my, my buddies are, you know, that are not paying attention to what's going on with their finances. So we're going to help you figure out how do you protect yourself from this price creep of these ungrateful service providers because they are hoping that three, four, five years goes by and all of a sudden your price is 10 to 15% greater than where it would be if right. you were a brand new customer. Right. So let's talk about, you know, I've already given you the why. Why does this even price creep exist? But let's talk about how you protect yourself. The first thing, Bo, I'd put on here was you got to get on the phone. Yeah. Why? Why? What? What do you think is the important part of why? Why it's in, you need to go and at least put them on notice by getting them on the phone. Well, there's two things. First, you have to remember that if price creep is happening and your premiums are going up or cost is going up or subscription fees are going up, it's probably automated. So the fact that the whole system is automated in and of itself makes it sort of impersonal. Yeah. By you getting on the phone and calling them. It brings you yourself into the equation. It makes it a much more personal transaction. So it provides some teeth to it. It makes it a lot more real. Um, and this is where the actual art of persuasion, some of the things we just shared with you, this is where you kind of get to flex that muscle, where you get to tell them, hey, this is why it might make sense for you to treat me just as good as you're treating your current customers. And it allows you to lay out your case in a nice, clean, concise manner. What I like about this too, we've even done podcasts on this years ago, a few simple phone calls to some of these service providers, and we're talking about your cable bill or your satellite bill, um, your mobile phone bill, your utilities like your you know gas line, your electricity, all these things is that you could just through a few simple phone calls save hundreds of dollars. That's right. I mean, we did an entire podcast that got a lot of attention in the media years ago because we said save $200 a month with just a few simple phone calls. And and where we came up with that number was I actually did it with my own personal finances. I mean, I will tell you guys right now with Dish Network, they give me, and maybe I shouldn't say this out loud, but I don't, I don't think I can get in trouble. I mean, I've been client with them for over a decade now. I call them about every, I can't remember, you've seen me do the phone pretty, call, but yeah, yeah. like every four to five months, I have to call them and they give me a courtesy $40 a month discount. Right. And now I've been a customer for many years 
And I usually have the latest and greatest technology. I don't have the latest and greatest package. Right. I mean, cause I don't have HBO and all the other <laughs> stuff, but I, but I definitely have the greatest technology. And it's one of those things, a few phone calls, you do that on your insurance providers, your property and casualty, your homeowners, you know, your auto. Man, it really does add up. And I think one thing you have to make sure you do is you have to be careful of calling someone and saying, hey, I want a better deal. Give me a better deal. It's just like what you mentioned, the complaints, Brian. You have to figure out how to make it a beneficial thing uh, for both parties. And one of the things that we always talk about, and Brian, I, I know that we both do this, is you have to understand what your point of leverage is. For example, if you have Dish Network, uh, one of the things I lead with if I'm calling a cable provider is, hey, by the way, I live in a brand new neighborhood, tons of new folks coming in, and my wife and I like to meet every single one of our neighbors when they come in. And uh, because we're kind of personal, we make friends, a lot of people ask us who we use for our cable provider. And I would just love to be an advocate for you guys and tell them how amazing my service is and how wonderful it is. I think that's something probably valuable for you guys, and it'd be great if you made me feel really great about that referral or, yeah. or something along those lines. And, but I do think it requires some preparation before you get on the phone because you're right. If you just show up on the phone and say, hey, I want a discount. I listened to a podcast the other day, and these guys <laughs> were telling me, hey, if I call you, you'll give me $40. That's probably not going to work, and I'm just going to go ahead and cut you off at the pass. Here's what I would do. I'd, I'd go find – because you probably get – Things sent to you every week. Oh, yeah. I get something sent to me every week where it's the mail packs or whatever that have a bunch of coupons in them. I'll pay attention and keep one or two of those things as a supporting document. It's always good to have essentially an arrow that you've got, you know, or a card in your back pocket that you can pull out that will show that, hey, I didn't make this up. You guys really are offering a better right. deal to new customers than you are to me. And then always, I do the exact same thing. This is another part of the Jedi mind trick where I wave my hand and I say, look, I love my service with you guys. I love it so much that I've been a customer for over a decade. All you have to do is go look and see. But man, I, I'm kind of disturbed. I just saw in the mail just yesterday that you're offering people who are brand new customers, haven't been here a decade like I have, and you're giving them better technology because you've got a whole new upgrade thing out there, and it's it's sixty dollars cheaper than what I pay. Is I was like, surely that can't be the case. So I figure I'd give you guys a call, make sure because I'm going to take the good deal, but I want to just make sure I talk to my service provider who I've been with ten years, been loyal, sent people. You see the referrals. Any way y'all can work with me? Tell me that does not set them on fire. And Bo, you take it a step further by saying. I'm not only going to be a loyal customer, I'm going to go get you more business. It puts them on notice. It really is a superpower of persuasion if you can put them on the same side of the table. So get them on the phone. That is where the persuasion occurs. Um, also talk about power of bundling. I know this is a little odd when we're talking about behavior things you sure. should be doing, but you still, we'd be crazy as a podcast if we didn't give you some of the analytical things you should be doing and tips and tricks to, to make sure. So it does pay attention to if you can bundle things. Like I, I'm not doing it because I am loyal to, I like Dish. I mean, I'll go ahead and say it. I mean, you guys are going to send me a gazillion article, you know, reasons why I should not, but I know if I was willing to go to DirecTV, AT&T would give me one heck of a discount on my mobile phone services. Right, yeah. So, I mean, there are things that if you just, and so maybe you're already doing this behavior, it would, it behooves you to go and see if there's package discounts to show them that you're a super customer and then get them on the phone and say, not only am I a customer of this, I also have these three lines of your business as well. 
surely you can work with a guy who's this loyal and, it's and, not, they'll, and they'll step up. It's not just utility providers either. either. You can, uh, a lot of folks know this, but some don't. You know, if you bundle your home, auto, and umbrella insurance coverages or boat coverages or anything else, if you bundle them with the same company, a lot of times they'll offer multi-policy discounts. So you may want to see if it makes sense to house all of your insurance coverages at the same company because you can get some, uh, you can save some more money that way too. Sure. So you guys who've been listening for, Remember, we're doing this for close to 12 years now. Um, you know that there is a website that I used to love to, to give out, and it was called White Fence. You could go to White Fence, and they would tell now if you type in whitefence.com, you'll see it takes you to allconnect.com. It's still the same premise. What you do is, if you guys are trying to figure out if you're getting the best deal on your cable, your internet, um, you know, ga- gas, gas utilities. There? Yeah. I mean, it's all on there. If you'll just go to allconnect.com, we have no affiliation with them. So I don't want anybody to think we're doing that for any purpose. It's just a great resource. You don't have to go give them your name, address. I always hate when you, when you go to a website and say, Hey, let us go price something for you. And then you click the next button. And then the first thing they want is they want your name, your email, your, your mailing address, your social security number, your first name born. of your children. No, I don't like to give that information. If I'm price shopping, I just want you, I want to stay anonymous as long as possible and just use you as a resource. And maybe if you do a good enough job, I will throw the business your way because it's such a valuable skill set. Um, so it's nice when you have companies like allconnect.com. If you go to their website, you don't have to give them personal information. You just type in, I guess the personal information is your, your you do need to give them your physical address right, so they right. can go and pull who the providers are for that area. But it's a pretty good way to do it without a lot of commitment. So go use that resource of All Connect. Uh, I wanted to kind of transition because you you talked about it too, Bo, shopping insurance providers. Because there is a little bit more research that, that's required to do a good job. And I think this is another reason why there's huge savings. It's like most things in life. The bigger the reward usually requires a little bit more work. Sure. Why do doctors make so much money? They have to be in school for a gazillion years and then do a residency. There's a high barrier to entry. It's the same thing you'll notice on deals is that the reason some people can get great deals on a brand new car versus others is that people who take the path of least resistance, they usually don't get the greatest deals. But if you're willing to do a little bit of research and put in the time to show that you're different than other people, there is value out there. And it's definitely that case when you're shopping insurance providers. So, Bo, what's some of the things that people need to do to get prepared and ready to, to shop insurance? The first thing you have to answer is where are you currently? And the easy way to, easy, easiest way to do this is go track down and review the declaration page of all of your insurance policies. So homeowners, automobile, umbrella. And that's essentially the one page that's in the front, you know, two or three pages of the policy that says, what your coverages are, how much you pay, what it covers, what are your deductibles. This is kind of the starting point. So when you go start to shop it, you make sure that you're comparing apples to apples and looking to see what else is actually out there for you. Um, the next thing that you probably want to do is you want to make sure you're taking advantage of any group discounts. Yep. I mean, one of the things... Uh, y'all know I'm nerdy. I mean, no, I, not not. I ride you. a bike to work. I mean, I, I look like Pee Wee Herman riding my bike to work every week, and it's it's one. So I embrace my my nerdiness, and part of that nerdiness that makes me who I am is that y'all know I have an accounting background. I have a public accounting. Here's the good news about me and all my other fellow nerdy CPAs is that we are so risk adverse, we get great insurance rates. <laughs> I mean, if you need life insurance, if you want to go, they love giving accountants. We're kind of a favored group of people. So you, it's not uncommon for CPAs to go through their trade organization, the AICPA, 
to get great discounts on insurance because of our nerdy behavior. Sure, you know, yeah. you don't see a lot of CPAs probably jumping out of airplanes. Now, I know the three of you who are out there probably go write me and say, Brian, I jump out of airplanes and I'm a CPA too. <laughs> You're not the norm. And the majority of us are, I'm putting on my seatbelt every day. And even on my, my bike, when I'm riding to work, I'm flashing, you know, LED lights all over it. I got them on all four corners pretty much to make sure everybody sees me. I put on my, my Skater 8 helmet. You know, I am doing, I put rear view mirrors on, side view mirrors, I should say, on the bike. I'm doing everything to make me as risk adverse. If I could wrap myself in bubble wrap, I'm close, but I just get too hot. Man, but, if your insurance companies listen to this podcast right now, they're loving you. Well, no, it's true. I mean, I, there's a re- believe me, they don't give me discounts because they just like CPAs because they're so much fun to hang out with. No, they give us discounts because we're a good risk pool to not go take a lot of chances in life. So that's why I say, and also USAA, you know, military oh, yeah. families yeah, get one. big discounts. And here's one, it's not really an affiliation with anything. I always, because you heard Bo talk about there's benefits to bundling. You know, one of the things if you're saying, well, wait a minute, how do I bundle when I'm, I'm trying, if I have to go, how can you shop if you have to put everything with one provider? You do it through brokers. Mm-hmm. I think there is nothing wrong with talking to your property and casually and seeing if they, you can find some brokers in your area that not only that are not what's called captive. Now, I don't want my people who are captive listeners. I'm not picking on you. I'm just giving some tips because I'm sure your services are great as well. But it is one of those things that there is sometimes a benefit to dealing with a broker who can shop multiple products or, or I should say multiple brands mm-hmm. of insurance providers versus being one captive agent. Now, there's exceptions. I'll, I'll, I'll give one plug because I, I just picked on our captive agents. I mean, our health insurance is with the Farm Bureau oh, yeah. here in yep. Tennessee. I mean, right. they do a great job with it, and those agents are somewhat captive. But, I mean, there are exceptions. I just think that you as an educated consumer need to make sure you understand all of your options. So we talked about discounts. We talked about getting the deck page. The, the shopping it part, guys, we're getting into this great new world. <laughs> I'm it's not new. I mean, the internet has made things much smaller, much sure. easier. So get out there and shop it. it. You can do a lot of this through the internet. Um, there's a lot of tools out there. You know, I, I put, you hear Geico, you hear Progressive. All these guys are, are basically saying, hey, just show up with your deck page. We'll tell you if you can save some money. And even if they can, maybe that gives you that opportunity to go use those persuasion skills that we talked about in, on the complaint side or at the beginning of this section on ungrateful service providers. Get them on the phone. Because people, even though I picked on them for being ungrateful service providers, you know what they don't like to do? They don't want to lose clients. That's right. So it's not uncommon that, yes, they might be offering better deals to new customers, or yes, some other company out there, a competitor, is offering great deals. But you might be able to provide your current service provider, and they'll step up and say, you know what? We do love your relationship, and we want to reward you for going that step a little further than going beyond common sense, as we like to say on the show, to get you that better discount. Now, to kind of close things out, I think, you know, I get nervous when I do shows like this because it's not as meaty from an analytical standpoint as other shows we've done where we do orders or operations, we talk about retirement planning, but I still think these things are so, so important because it really is a money mindset. And I'm trying to help you guys in a complete way make yourself just head and shoulders above your peers on your financial management. I really am counting on if you do this right, your money should consistently go 3 to 5% further than that of your peers. And I tell you that because here's the thing to be world-class at something, is that 
We all watch, you know, I don't know if you watch, but you hear who these marathon runners or great athletes are. The thing about sports coverage, you know, we just made it through the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup. I know. Hey, guys, this is a great city, by the way. And, and, and Nashville, we'll talk about that later. And downtown Franklin, we love our downtown Franklin office. But there's been a lot of great, great sporting events that are going on. But what's what do they have in common when the press covers it? is they cover the celebrations, they cover the actual event occurring like a marathon runner when they cross the finish line. You know what they don't show you? They don't show you the training. You don't, you know, they might do some heartwarming, you know, story on somebody if they've had some difficulties, maybe a family member's been hurt or they've had some adversity with an injury or something. But for the typical athlete or the typical person that is doing something great, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Your money is no different, is that it takes steps, many, many, many steps to reach the level of building, being what I call an empire builder, when you're building financial independence. So when we do shows like this on the power of persuasion or influencing, you're making friends and influencing your wallet, they really are to try to be those steps that change your money mindset so that you can be so successful and go beyond common sense and restore order to your financial chaos we love doing this show, guys. I mean, we have clients in the majority of the country now. Love for you to take the relationship to the next level. If you like the way we even think about money, because I think that's what sets us apart, is that you can tell, guys, this isn't something we just went to school and learned. This really is who we are. We love just thinking about things. Our mindset is lined up to where we try to maximize our listeners as well as our, you know, we try to take care of our households by making sure that our family is making the right decisions. And we just want to share the love. I mean, we try to be as generous as possible because we've realized full circle that the more successful our listeners are, the more successful we are. Because you guys, typically, we get so many emails from listeners saying, can't wait to become a client. I'm probably two years out, but we're we're on board. I keep listening. I keep appreciate all the great ad, free advice that you're giving us. Keep doing it, and that pays off for us tremendously. And it also is tr- just fulfilling. I gotta tell you. And part of that is, it, we, I mean, Bo, we are such knuckleheads. We've had probably six people come by and visit yeah. the office now. In the last last couple of weeks. How many yeah. have we taken pictures with? Yeah, we got to get better at that. <laughs> we're just we're still you know eventually we'll have this social media thing figured out. We are for making our living in social media. We are horrible at doing some common sense things. So, as a matter of fact, that one picture that we have been able to post, you know who asked for that picture? The listener. Thanks, we're knuckleheads. Buddy. So that, that's the thing is we're going to get better at this, but we do appreciate. It. I want you to know, you guys coming and visiting us is just so fulfilling and it makes it puts me in a happy place. And I got to tell you we could not be more proud and happier with our downtown Franklin. If you guys don't know about downtown Franklin, this place is gorgeous. I mean, it is a slice of heaven here and you don't have to just come here because you want to hang out with Brian and Bo. I mean, I've already in my time of being in downtown Franklin, we've been here a short period. I've already done a ghost tour. I've done some some Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some homes because there were some big battles that occurred here. And I just am a, a history nut about anything. That's why the reason I'm nerdy enough that I watch documentaries all the time. There's just so much to do down here, and the shopping's great. And plus, let's not, let's not minimalize it too much. You might bump into a celebrity. It is amazing. When we were talking about the Stanley Cup, I kind of felt it made me laugh a little bit when we were going through the playoff system. When doing the National Anthem, 
Every other city is just like, oh, they did a good job with the national anthem, but who who was that? And meanwhile, here in Nashville, or Franklin, because a lot of them live here in Franklin, truthfully, Nashville and Franklin are kind of synonymous with each other, is that they would it would be a nightly discussion on who's going to sing it tonight. There are that many celebrities in this neck of the woods that it's kind of incredible. So we'd love for you to come hang out with us. I feel like I've pumped up. Hopefully, the um, city of Chamber of Commerce, Chamber of you. Commerce is going to be like, who, who are these guys? But um, no, seriously, this is a great city. We love this place and love to see you come visit us. Go check it out, moneyguy.com. We have cool things. We got all the decorating and all the furniture has finally been delivered. Now we just got to get all of our signage figured out. And then we plan on placing some videos and some other things so you can virtually feel like you're here with us and see exactly the details of what I'm talking about. So tune in in two weeks. I'm your host, Brian Preston, joined by Mr. Bo Hansen. We'll talk to you soon. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment or legal advice.